Welcome to Spooked and Spirited. I'm Grace. And I'm Kyle. And tonight we were drinking... Bacardi 151 and Diet Coke. And it is extremely awful and I don't recommend you ever try it. Seriously, just just don't try it. Take our word for it. Don't bother. And tonight we're discussing alien abductions and we each have our own specific cases that we're delving into. I am going over the very famous case of Barney and Betty Hill, and so let's set the scene. It was September 19th, 1961. It's late at night, around 10.30, in a rural part of New Hampshire. The Hills are on their way back from a um, vacation in Niagara Falls, and they're driving along, everything's going well. And uh, Betty sees a point of light in the sky, which she assumes is some sort of celestial light, like uh, the light from Jupiter or Mars. Mm -hmm. And uh, she just thinks it's nice to look at until it starts to grow bigger and brighter. So they stop the car to look, um, in addition to walking the dog, which is with them. So you can imagine a little doggy barking this whole time. Um, They stop in a picnic area. Barney has um, a pistol because he is worried about bears in the area, which is oddly logical. (laughs) You know, uh, out of all the things we've uh, talked about, bears have been the explanation that we can come up with. But this time, he was just prepared. Ready to shoot them fuckers. Yeah. So, um, they also had binoculars, which makes sense because they were at... Niagara Falls. There's probably things to look at through binoculars. Of course. So um, they look through the binoculars at the point of light and they see what they assume is an oddly shaped craft. Um, Betty immediately thinks UFO because of, you know, pop culture at the time was starting to have a kind of a UFO craze. Right, right. Um, Barney thinks it's a commercial airline until it changes direction suddenly towards them. They return to the car. They decide, let's get out of here. There's something weird in the sky. As you do. Um, And the craft follows along, passing over a few sparsely populated buildings in the area. They're going through a mountain pass, and as they go, the craft stays in the general vicinity following along, and uh, they observe it rotating slowly. It's apparently huge. Um... Then, all of a sudden, the object rapidly descends towards their vehicle. Barney stops the car in the middle of the highway. It hovers above them, and in the binoculars, they see um, under a dozen humanoid figures looking at them out of a window in the craft. Um, Barney says that one figure somehow communicated, stay where you are and keep looking. He also notes black uniforms and black capes. Uh, did he say how they communicate? Is this like some sort of some telepathy uh, yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, some sort of telepathic okay. nonsense. 
<laughs> I like to focus on the black uniforms and black capes. Because now we have uh, the Galactic Empire coming for them. I just like the capes bit there. Like, why, why the fuck do you have a cape? Um, so, Barney tears his eyes away from the binoculars and he screams, they're going to capture us. He just gets this sense. And so he starts driving away at a a high speed. um, And Betty actually rolls down the window to look up at the craft following them. So imagine her leaning her head out the side (laughs) of the car while the dog doesn't and is probably (laughs) yapping and yapping and yapping. And, uh, Uh, All of a sudden, this rhythmic series of beeping and buzzing starts. And after that, they note an altered state of consciousness that all of a sudden they just felt dull and unable to think. And then there are some more beeps and they're fully conscious. But they had traveled 35 miles and had very little memory of the actual road. So they make a turn and they see a fiery orb in the road. That's pretty much the story. They get home, they um, unpack their things. There's some uh, some small occurrences that note that something strange may have happened. Both of their watches never run again. Hmm. Um, Betty notes there are tears in her dress on the zipper line. Um, one second. There are tears at the zipper line, the hem, and the lining. Um, they note the blurred memories after the beeping. They both drew pictures of what they had seen. They both take incredibly long showers as if to get some sort of contaminant off them. And Barney felt the need to thoroughly examine his body in the bathroom with nothing unusual found. So at first they don't really want to report anything because they don't want to seem wacko. Of course. Um, but Betty actually phoned the following day. Um, to the U.S. Air Force, but withheld most of the details to make sure that she wouldn't appear um, eccentric. Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to imagine how that phone call would go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Guess what happened to me on my vacation to Niagara Falls? Um, Well, let me tell you about it. So there were these aliens, right? See? That's what they would say in those days, right? See? So... What she does is she actually checks out a book from the library, I believe, on UFOs. And she ends up writing a letter to the man who wrote the book, who is, um, he was a Marine Corps major, um, associated with NICAP, N-I-C-A-P. I don't know what that stands for, but it has something to do with something. Um, he ends up telling a colleague about it and they end up... Both Barney and Betty Hill end up having a full interview with the colleague. Um, They uh, subsequently undergo hypnosis after Betty complains of dreams that that start about 10 days following the occurrence and stop five days after they start. Um, In her dreams, she sees strange figures that tell her that Barney and Betty need to be separated um, so they can be examined. During hypnosis, um, Barney's most notable report is that whenever these creatures looked at him, 
he felt this pressure in his eyes as if they were pushing into his mind through his eyes. And he felt the constant compulsion to close his eyes to protect his eyes. Hmm. Um, Betty uh, experienced significant emotional distress during her hypnosis sessions. And um, the hypnotist gave her the idea to copy down a star map she saw on the craft. Uh, and on in hypnosis, Barney supposedly said that he remembers an examination table at which he was probed, had his spine felt, and um, experienced thought transference. And he vaguely remembers being returned to the car. Um, pretty much after their interview and hypnosis, things quieted down until a newspaper article published their story and a book was subsequently... Um, was subsequently published, um, which rocketed their story into popular fame in that it's one of the most noted and researched UFO abduction stories in the U.S. And that's it. That's the story. Okay, well, before we discuss that, I think we should go on to mine because there, there are some parallels um, in, in the narratives there. All right, I did the Allagash abductions, and this happened in the Allagash waterways up in Maine. Um, this happened in August um, of 1976. The actual abduction happened August 26th of 1976 on, um, on Eagle Lake up in Maine. Uh, it happened to four people, a set of twins, Jack and Jim Weiner, and Chuck Rack and Charlie Fultz. They were on a canoeing trip in the Allagash Waterway. Um, they were a couple of nights into their trip and made it up to Eagle Lake and decided to do some night fishing. They were kind of running low on food. Before they went out to, to do their night fishing, they decided to light a bonfire so they'd have a kind of waypoint to know how to make it back to shore. Plus, when you're camping, that's just the thing to do. Of course, of course. And as they're out doing their fishing, they see this kind of glowing orb uh, floating over some trees. Kind of, you know, it's several hundred feet away, um, and it's changing colors as it's just kind of floating there, going red, green, white, yellow. Um, just, you know, several, you know, tens of feet in diameter, and um, Charlie Foltz actually signals it with his flashlight. He's like wondering what it is. He signals at it. And as soon as he does, it comes towards them. It comes Whoops. racing towards them. And this like hollow beam of light shines out of it. Exactly what you think of, you know, the kind of light that's going to suck someone up. The that's, tractor beam. Yeah, a tractor beam. That Thank you. I could not think of the word. <laughs> yeah, a tractor beam. That's exactly what it is. Just this hollow beam of light. A tractor beam. And it... And it's coming at them. They're trying to, you know, row away, trying to get away from it. And then next thing they know, they're on shore. Hmm. And it seems like nothing but minutes have passed as they're trying to get away from this craft. And then it's flying away. But then they look at their bonfire. And what had been, you know, minutes ago, a raging fire is now nothing but coals. And... Now, for the longest time, they didn't know what had happened, but within a few weeks, similar to your incident, they began to have dreams. Um, Jack, Jack Weiner, the one of the twins, is the first to have dreams, and they had he had dreams about these these aliens. Um, they have these metallic glowing eye um, glowing eyes with no eyelids. They have insect like hands with four fingers, and 
um, all of the others uh, mentioned having similar dreams. And uh, they approach a UFO investigator named Raymond Fowler, who um, gets them to undergo regressive hypnotherapy. Again, like I said, similar to to, to yeah. your story. Yeah. And during this, they, they discover that they were abducted. And during this, they were... They find out that they were probed and they had sample skin cells and, you know, blood samples, saliva, what have you, any sort of samples they could have taken. And they remember seeing their their mates sitting on a bench helpless to come and help them as these aliens are taking these samples from them and then just left them sitting on this canoe on the shoreline afterwards. And actually, all of the men, after doing the therapy, also took a lie detector test and passed. Okay, so they truly believed what they were saying. Exactly. Regardless of if it's true or not is another story. Exactly. That's the big, that's the big thing for me with this story is not only did they do regressive therapy, they also took this lie detector test. So they truly believe what happened to them. Mm-hmm. So that there's no doubt in their own minds. There's no I don't I don't think that they have faked this in any way. No. And so so there's there's a big question there's is something happened yeah. on this trip to the Allagash waterway. Something happened to them. Was it aliens or did something else happen? I mean, what is there another explanation that could have caused something so traumatic to have them share some sort of memory in this way i mean it's kind of hard to come up with an explanation that would yeah explain that away no that's true it, it gives a lot of credence i mean the only thing i would worry about is regressive hypnotherapy can have um false results in that if the hypnotist is not um experienced in keeping their bias out of it they can actually effectively convince people who are undergoing hypnosis that an event occurred that is completely spawned by their own mind in the moment. Right, right. And so the fact that they took the lie detector tests after regressive hypnotherapy, um, you'd wonder, is it possible that what they're remembering is a falsehood constructed by their own, like, hypnotism? And there's also the fact that Jack had these dreams first and he could have shared these dreams. I didn't see whether or not he shared these dreams with his friends before they themselves had the dreams, but yeah. it's very likely that he could have shared there's actually, what happened to him and that could have very easily influenced or precipitated the fact that they themselves started having these dreams and then caused them to have those memories when they went into therapy. There's actually an entire um, issue in the Barney and Betty Hill case where Barney underwent hypnotherapy because Betty had been complaining about these dreams and he thought that it would help her solve where the dreams had been coming from. Um, and they found that a lot of what he spoke of in his hypnotism sessions was akin to what her happened in her dreams mm -hmm. which shows that he may have been affected by what right. what she had told him about her dreams about how vivid her dreams were 
While on the other hand, in Betty's hypnotism, um, she actually, the way she recalled the creatures was completely different from how they were in her dreams. So in some ways it makes you wonder if like maybe her mind was constructing something in her dreams and the truth came out during her um, hypnosis sessions or perhaps it's just two falsehoods constructed by the mind. Yeah, and th- there seemed to be a uniformity between these four men in how these aliens looked and how they proceeded in their their abductions and, and their collection of samples. And again, I think that there's a huge contributing factor in terms of the fact that Jack had these dreams first and could have influenced the others with his his own narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to 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 really get a clear perspective on the entire matter when you don't know if that's the case or not. At the same time, it's hard to completely discredit abductions that happen to multiple people. Yes, that is true. Um, because you know something happened unless they all collaborated and decided to be traumatized together about something. Um, they all experienced something. And abduction stories are really hard to excuse on just anything. I mean, you know, the the lizard man. Oh, it's a bear. Were the lights in the sky a bear too? I don't think so. I don't think there was a flashing flying bear. Yeah. If there was, it's just as weird as an abduction story. Right. So, um, so it's harder to come up with alternative explanations. With the Barney and Betty Hill case, um, Air Force people first reported it as a miscited, uh, I think Jupiter in the sky. Um, but why would looking at Jupiter? cause nightmares for five days yeah there's something that doesn't quite add up there and you have to wonder what it is that would have caused that what it is that could have caused that and then there's the whole like maybe it was the military maybe they were test flying something which i think is some of the most interesting um alternative explanations to ufo sightings because it implies a level of trauma and secrecy just as high up as UFO experiences. That's true, that's very true. Like with our Flatwoods uh, monster episode with the theory that I discovered that was just the military um, testing an automaton, which I still think is an extremely cool theory, but I think that's something that definitely needs to be looked into or... Something to keep in mind, not needs to be looking, but well, something to keep in mind is the military testing. Yeah, and it gives a reason for why um, military personnel would be so quick to dismiss these things when these people have come and risked their own reputations on looking insane for confessing their trauma. Yeah, definitely. And... Yeah, like you were saying, it is extremely difficult to just dismiss out of hand when it is multiple people who have experienced these abductions. And I mean, it's hard to imagine a group of people just getting together and, hey, hey guys, let's 
let's just fuck with these people. Let's just screw with these people and just let's just tell them, hey, we got abducted by aliens. But let, let's draw it out for a while. Let's draw it out for a while. And just you, hey, you, hey, you pretend like you had some dreams, and then we'll do we'll do some therapy. We'll contact a UFO guy. We'll do some therapy, you know, regressive hypnosis therapy. I mean, the, they probably paid for that service yeah. too. So it it makes it a lot more credible, and 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 so it makes it a lot more difficult to believe that there's an alternative explanation as to what causes it. And myself, I am a big skeptic, as I I think even now only five episodes in has become pretty obvious. I'm a big skeptic, but it makes it hard for me to question what it is what else could explain what happened to these four men or what happened to these, this husband and wife, um, that could, that could explain a way the, aside from aliens, what actually happened to them. And, um, I just think that looking at alternative solutions, um, like I personally, really want to believe in these things but the more rational explanations always seem more likely to me and so i lean towards them right in the case of uh in the case of aliens i find um this topic particularly frightening in that aliens are supposedly smarter than us right and which makes them to me the most dangerous of the paranormal um creatures because uh i don't know a werewolf it's just an animal a person that turned into an animal and is incredibly strong but i mean we have technologies we have the capability to outwit things like werewolves and zombies and but aliens if they have come across the stars to see us it means they are inherently technologically advanced well i think with with all the other types of paranormal there's something inherently human about them even with the demonic with the ghosts with werewolves with vampires with anything like that there's something still inherently human about them what but with aliens they are by their own nature aliens so there's something very inhuman about them so there's something about their motivations that we could never grasp if they were in fact real which makes them much more of an existential threat and just a threat in general if they were to be real and the the like semi-malicious threat they pose to humans in that at times in abduction stories it just sounds like aliens treat humans like cattle and yes. there's nothing more frightening than the way that we treat, like, herd animals or um, farm animals being applied to us as the inferior race. There's nothing more frightening than that loss of power and that knowledge of um, not being able to understand what's going on and being, I don't know, utilized. Not right. just Not just hunted, not just hurt, but utilized. There's something inherently spooky about it. Yes, definitely. Experimented on for the sake of experimentation. Yeah. Nothing, no, no necessary, necessary set goal in mind. Just like, hey, let's see what these things are. Let's see what we can do to them. See yeah. what they're made of. Yeah. No, it's it's inherently frightening, and it gives an odd perspection. Perspection. <laughs> what is a perspection? <laughs> perspection. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. It gives an odd perspective. Perspection. What's a perspection? It gives an odd perspective on how we experiment on and view the world. We go to the deep seas and we um, take samples of animals. Actually, do we take animals of deep samples of deep sea animals? So far, I think we've just viewed them in submarines. I have no idea what we do with deep sea animals. I know we look at them. I don't know if we take samples. Does of that them. count as paranormal? Can we talk about the deep sea? It's pretty fucking weird, so I, I think that counts as paranormal. Have you seen some of those pictures? That's scary They're shit. terrifying. It's awful. It's a horrible <laughs> place. I love it. There's nothing better. Have you better. seen an anglerfish? Those things are creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I those mean... Those weird-ass rows of teeth and the little and dangly lights. the little lights. light. The little light. Yeah. Oh, man. Bioluminescence, <laughs> though. All right. Well... I think that's about it for this episode. I think we've just promised to have a semi-non-paranormal deep sea episode at some point. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, f- that's all the perspection for tonight. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm Grace. And I'm Kyle. This has been Spooked and Spirited. You've been listening to Spooked and Spirited with Grace. And Kyle. And you can find us on Facebook under Spooked and Spirited. And you can email us at drunkspooked at gmail.com. We would appreciate any ratings and reviews you could leave us on whatever listening platform you're using. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.